Reading from the Antyakanda of the of the um, Chaitanya Bhagavat, text fourth four thirteen. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Dharma Karma Loka Sabha E Matrajane. Mangala Chandira Gita Karane Jagarane. <clears throat> the only religious principle and pious activity that people knew was to sing the glories of. Mangala Chandi throughout the night. Om Ajnana Timarandasya, Jananjana Shalakaya, Taksur Mulatamyena, Tasmai, Sri Gurudeva Namaha. Sri Chaitanya Manobishnam Stapitamyena Bhutale, Swayam Rupa Kadama. <clears throat> Dadati sapadantikam vanshakalpa tarubhyascha kripa sindhu bhayevacha patitanam bhavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siyadvaita Gadadhar Sivasade Gaur Bhaktavinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So greetings from Sridham Mayapur. Um, Odaryadam, the land of magnanimity. Mercy means you get more than you deserve. So we, adopting the spiritual path, we certainly we certainly want to get more than we deserve. Um, so here, where Lord Chaitanya is in Shantipur, remember this is after he took sannyas. And he's going to settle in Puri, but he goes to Puri and he heads to, um, and in, in his travels, he, he comes back to Shantipur, which is near Navadweep. And he's at the house, that's the house of Advaita And then he meets Madhavendra Puri or we see that Madhavendra Puri comes to the house of Advaita Acharya about on the appearance day that Avirbhav Titi of Madhavendra Puri. And uh, this is Vrindavan Das Thakur, who is now giving a description of, of the significance of Madhavendra Puri in the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. He's described like the I think the, the root of the, the branch of the Chaitanya tree, he's the, the trunk, because somehow or other in our, if we're the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya Madhavendra Puri in the lineage, I think his guru is Lakshmi Tirta, 
And somehow or other, this um, very deep realization of, of God, um, which, is, which is the supremacy of Krishna as a kila rasa mrita murti, as the embodiment of all rasas. I, I often make the point that the, the, the full manifestation, this, this, if, if Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, um, not just the supreme Godhead, but the supreme personality of Godhead, I'm saying something a little bit unique here, but it seems to make sense, that what a person is, is their love. They're a, um, a friend, a lover, child, a parent. We are, uh, these are, uh, this is the full manifestation of our, of our being, is our personality. And almost counterintuitively, it doesn't manifest in um, position or, or, or opulence. So the, 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 the supreme personality of Godhead, by definition to manifest his, his, his intimate side, is not this doesn't manifest the supreme position of Godhead. Rather, position, these are things that I've said often, position covers personality. So it's it's a very reasonable explanation of the supremacy of, of Krishna, or the, the supreme personality of Godhead, but it's almost counter, 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 uh, counter, counter anyway. It's almost, uh, it's almost in opposition to the position that we have of God, of, of his omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnibenevolence, his all-powerful nature. So somehow this real deep realization somehow comes into the, the line of the lineages the, from this four Vaishnav lineages. And it comes in the from Lord Brahma, from Lord Shiva, from Lakshmi, from the four Kumaras. It comes in this lineage from Lord Brahma through, through Madhva, who doesn't really manifest it fully. And then somehow this inspiration comes as Madhavendra Puri. And um, so what's being described now is the condition of the world at his time and the condition of his world at his time, what to speak of this, this intimate relationship of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, the original personality of Godhead, the fullest manifestation of Godhead in, in, in love, Akila Rasa Mrita Murti in the full embodiment of all relationships. What to speak of that? Um, there wasn't even a theistic, a, a, a very profound theistic condition. We know what the, what the Bhagavatam means. It's a very, very high conception. Dharma, uh, Dharma, Kaitava, Projita, tra, namatsara, Paramo, Namatsara, Nam, Satam. It, it, it's, it's the purest sense of, of 
spirituality or religion because it indicates um, no personal motive. I mean, the, the highest conception of, I think in just a reasonable way, the highest conception we have of, of spirituality is, is selflessness. So this is a, 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 a religious process that is completely selfless. We know even from the, the last verse of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, which is the Shashastaka prayers and the last Shashastaka prayer, which really indicates the mood of, 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 of Sri Radha, who's the exemplar of devotion. And in that chapter, it's actually explained that this verse, this, this verse of the Shikshastam actually comes from Sri Radha's heart because her sakis, her girlfriends are telling her like, how can you be with this Krishna? You know, he's such a rascal and he doesn't treat you properly. And so many complaints they make, but what is her heart? Her heart is selfless. It does not matter. It does not matter. And that's what the purest love means. And, and the purest love, it, 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 it's universal because our conception of, of God ultimately is, is, is really inclusive of everything. Because how do we define that reality in the Bhagavatam? Vedanta tat, tattva vidas, tattva yajnanam, advayam. It's jnanam means knowledge, but also means consciousness, advayam, non-dual. It means that nothing is really outside of this consciousness. So it's selfless love to really direct it at Krishna, but it's inclusive of everything. But as we know, that that's a very high platform. And, and what the Vedas do is it's comprehensive. It's not only giving the, the spiritual conceptions, but it's um, a plan to elevate everyone, no matter what their condition of life is. And for many people to take to religion, um, there has to be some material incentive. And, and that's, that's mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita. Sahayagya prajashrishra parovacha prajapati anena pasavishyatvam eshavosvishtatam. That at the beginning, I, I sent forth you know, the demigods, et cetera, and, and you perform sacrifice and, and you'll be prosperous. There's the principle of sacrifice. That's the beginning of spiritual life. The beginning of spiritual life is that it's not just about you. Nayam lokas to yogyasya kutanya krusa. In the Bhagavad Gita, it says, nayam lokas to yogyasya kutanya 
Anyway, I am supposed to get quick attention. I mean, I forgot the translation of that. So anyway, it, it, and and so it's describing at the type it, at the time of um, at Madhavendra Puri, he was seeing the condition of of society that even within religion, whatever sections of the Vedas that gave some incentive for some sacrifice and for some material goal, um, they had become so prominent that he couldn't find this pure sense of religion, which is Vaishnavism, really. Vaishnavism means humility because it begins with a principle, begins with a principle that there's something higher than my own desires and opinions. That's how we come to Krishna consciousness. It's not an ordinary thing. We may bring so much of our material motive and baggage in, but the but 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 it, what is the adoption of, of, of our philosophy? How does it begin? It begins somewhere in this Brahmanda Brahmate, Konya Bhagavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Pasadi Pai Bhakti Lata Beach. It begins somewhere in this journey with a conception in the consciousness that following my own desires and following my own opinions. is not working because it's not bringing me satisfaction. And that's when someone begins to seek. And what, do you, what, what does it mean seeking? You understand, I want some truth. I want to follow, when, when you're on a spiritual path, I'm looking for a truth and I don't have it. I'm looking something higher than my own authority higher than my own, the authority of my desires, the authority of my own conceptions, my speculations, my ideas. And I want to be really honest about them, that they don't work. And there's a conception, I forgot where I read it, that that's how spiritual life begins when God actually sees that. Um, and then he sends some type of sadhu sangha. And, and, and when you have that and you come to that, then it's humble. It's really humble. You know, I, I had a very, um, what day was it? I'm not sure if it was, what day this is. Yeah, it was after, I'm very fortunate that, um, you know, I have a schedule and I go to bed early, but somehow Srila Naranjan Swami and Srila Bhakti Vigango Swami um, they wanted to meet together, not just with me, but among us to discuss a particular philosophical point. And Unlike me, and they were kind of like, was, I took lunch with them day and I explained to them when I wake up in the morning, I don't have family. 
I had like thousands of disciples. I'm not on any committees. I don't manage anything. I don't have any big aspirations for any preaching programs. So when I wake up in the morning, basically, <laughs> I don't have any responsibility. And they were like, they, I just by there, how is that possible? So to actually get a meeting with them, to, to the time that we can actually get them to be free, it was only in the evening, which is something that I don't do. And I realized I'd be back late. But sometimes you have to make priorities. So the priority of that level of association took precedence over my regulation. And Krishna, actually, I see how he reciprocated with me because I somehow woke up at the same time, rested anyway. But I didn't get to back to very late. So it was a discussion and they wanted to discuss, anyway, there was one, um, you know, sometimes there's philosophical contentions. So there's one about whether bhakti is inherent or inherited. And, um, Bhakti began Goswami, he, and, and most of the discussion was not the theological point, but the epistemology. What is the method of actually dealing with these things? And to what extent can you relativize your own immediate HR? It was a very interesting discussion. But the point that Bhakti began Goswami made um, and it's going to connect to what I say. The point that Bhaktivedanta Goswami made is that previously you couldn't even learn. The books were spoken. So you could only learn from a teacher. <laughs> and there was a qualification for approaching the teacher. Um, but now in the internet and books and, you know, you can study and read whatever you want. But that element of learning from a teacher and, and it, it, it's somehow um, doesn't necessarily have to be there, whether it should be or not, but it, it, you, can, it, you, you can read things. So Bhaktivedanta Goswami made a very interesting point, and then he liked my commentary on it. And his point was, he said, he believed he was, it was from Giriraj Swami, that Giriraj Swami told him that Prabhupada asked him, what is the most important verse that I've quoted? Something like that. And You know, I mean, there's many important verses, and I think Giriraj Swami mentioned many of them. I also remember when I was in Dallas and Prabhupada called us in his room and he said, Do you call yourself teachers? What is the purpose of education? And someone said, Manmanabha, four things, Manmanabhava Madbhakto, and Prabhupada. It's a great answer, but it wasn't the one that Prabhupada wanted. So, and then someone said, Nine things. And then Prabhupada was wondering, 
That's Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu. The nine process devotional service mentioned the seventh canto. Prabhupada was wondering, where did he get that? Because the seventh canto hadn't come out yet. <laughs> and I think Prabhupada was just printing it. And I think he was with someone. So then Prabhupada said, Guru Nasasyat Swajani Nasasyat Pita. Don't become a guru. Don't be, you know, don't, don't be the head of a government. Don't take, you know, the father, you know, unless you can liberate your charge. So Prabhupada's saying again, what is the most important verse? Um, and I think at different times, Prabhupada asked this question and got the, the different answers. I, I believe one time he asked it to Brahmananda Prabhu, and I think he said at that time, Janma Karma to understand. So, so, but in the context of our discussion, he, Bhakti, um, he quoted that Giriraj Prabhupada said, Yasya Deve para bhaktir tata Deve tata goro. One who has implicit faith in the spiritual master and the Supreme Lord, the imports of the Vedas are revealed. And emphasizing <laughs> that this element must be there of of you know faith in guru and and, and so um, i remember the commentary that i read and it had a very interesting take on this and it said why and the reason it gave was is because the essence of the vedas and i've read this in many times is it's to help you overcome false ego and what's false ego? It's the conception that I'm the enjoyer and controller. It's, the, it's that desire for superiority. That's the material consciousness. We, we want this, um, we don't wanna be harmonious and cooperative. We wanna be centered. <laughs> And that's the basic material consciousness and everything is meant to, to help us transcend that. So the commentary said, it was very interesting is that sometimes you need a preliminary experience to actually perceive something. And I think an example would be is, you know, a, a young girl, a couple of years old, about five years old, you know, and, and they show a romance movie, she, she, she can't understand what it is <laughs> because she doesn't have that experience yet. So the idea is, unless one actually surrenders to Guru and Krishna, which is, is the platform of becoming out of the center and experiencing that, you won't have the lens to see it in the scriptures. And, um, Bhaktivedanta Goswami really liked that point. And, and I saw that with a personal reference of something is that there was this very, very learned scholar. He passed away. He was extremely learned and he had some kind of karma because he, he was very, for an Indian, he was very tall and very beautiful person, extremely handsome person. 
and he he just just won awards for his scholarship in composing verses. And you know, he was in the line of Radha and Krishna. But if you see, I saw some videos of him, and it's just he, he just doesn't get it. I mean, it's just he just doesn't get it. It's just it's just so much ego and, and so much cheapness in, in devotion as he dances like Lord Chaitanya and all the lady disciples are dancing. It, it's just like, you know, it's like Prabhupada's like authentic. He's real. And he could just see it, even though he's so learned. So actually, it's a very beautiful temple in Vrindavan and Satyaraj was visiting and he said, I want to see this temple. So we went to see the temple. It's very beautifully done. And then Satyaraj said, let's see their bookstore. He likes that. So I walked into the bookstore and I saw they had one book on Guru. But I had read his biography. He never had a guru. <laughs> so I, I asked the person, he was in some kind of saffron, you know, who is his guru? <laughs> and then, oh, he didn't have, you know, something about, he, he didn't have some kind of guru or something. But I can see the effect that the consciousness can't be expanded beyond your own conditioned frame of reference <laughs> unless you have a teacher who has a higher realization. And that's our philosophy. And, and the bhakti philosophy is, is that there's an absolute truth, <laughs> an absolute authority. And uh, we should follow that. So it's really a platform of humility because it's the, it's really about us because what we really are is part and parcel of God and meant for his service. It's not about us as the center of the world but it's really about us. It's truly about us and who we are and how we function and how we become satisfied and how we enter into the platform of harmony and, and cooperation and, and self-satisfaction and love. But in one sense, it's a very, very high consciousness, a very high consciousness. And it's the culmination of, of as Prabhupada said, the Vedic journey, of all the Vedas, I am to be known. And in one sense of all the Vedas, we are also to be known, but not as God. <laughs> we have to be known as the servant of God, the lovers of God. Um, so it's a very, very high consciousness it's a qualification of consciousness. And humility is the highest platform of consciousness, true humility, which is also prema bhakti, dainya. Dainya in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita is described as utter humility. So here it's describing before Madhavendra Puri 
somehow or other these conceptions get get sidetracked in society. It can even be sidetracked in, 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 in the present Vaishnav society, that that's what it's about. And it's a very, very beautiful thing. And we all know it. When we see people who have character, which means that they're dedicated to principles, not just their impulses, it's a very beautiful thing when we see people with that level of, of humility and sacrifice. It's a very, very beautiful thing. But it's a very difficult thing. And we all struggle with it. I also struggle with it. <laughs> it it's tough. It's difficult. When the world's not about us and it doesn't move according to our desires. So it's very easy for that to be lost. In the Bhagavad Gita, it says this knowledge was lost for many, many years. Because we don't like, we don't, we don't hear what we don't like. So now here's the description of the society where it's all basically impersonal and shakta. And 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 um and both are about, both are not about love. Prabhupada, what do you describe about impersonalism sometimes, you know, like what in the, it's kind of like selfishness in the spiritual sense, something like that. And shakta means materialism. So here it's described only the most pious, it, oh. So it's, it's his description of the society at that time. The only religious principle and pious activity that people knew was to sing the glories of Mangala Chandi throughout the night. So it's, it's Durga. Durga is the material energy. And you worship the material energy to get your material powers. So of course, it's worshiping some kind of God, it's making some sacrifice, there are priests, there's some tinge of, of, of purification, even though the, 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 what you're worshiping for is for yourself, it somehow brings you into a, a you know, the, I, I guess what happens when you, you, you do some karma conduct, I mean, you do some religion for some material benefit. So, but, 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 but something happens. Something happens. What happens? You're associating with priests. Um, a lot of times the benefit is in the future. Maybe in the next life, so you get this understand that you're not the body. It doesn't satisfy you, so you can become frustrated with it. And it's administrated sometimes by priests or something, whatever the case is. But this is the condition of society. The only deities they know was Shasti and Vishadi and the goddess of snakes. They worship these deities with great pride. Some people worship the demons with wine and meat for the purpose of increasing their wealth and family. There are actually provisions for meat eating in the Vedas. They're very, for us, they're very challenging sections of, of the Vedas. And, 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 and there was some, you know, benefit accrued from it somehow. Everyone was happy to hear the glories 
Some people worship the demons. Okay. Everyone was happy to hear the glories of the best of the yogis, the best of the sense enjoyers, and the best of the rulers. Not the best of the devotees. Because Prabhupada says we advance by appreciation. So, and, and I, I often quoted Voltaire, maybe I haven't done it for six months, but it's one of my favorite quotes. That which we appreciate gradually belongs to us. So your exemplars reveal your desires. So yogis to become powerful by mystic power to control the world. Um, sense enjoyers, the people who are enjoying the world and the rulers, the kings. So this is, this is what the people's view was. Just like in America, they have the, what's called the prosperity gospel. That if you worship God, if you worship God, then you can become very successful as if that's Jesus's teachings, but somehow you can see how it becomes perverted. My father, um, somehow or other, I don't know, I think, I don't know why, but many Jewish immigrants or children of immigrants, they went into the clothing business. So my father had a loft. He was a contractor to make dresses. And he had to rent the loft and he rented a loft in an old building in Harlem because it was cheap. And this, this preacher used to come and ask for donations. And he was popular in Harlem at the time. And his name was Reverend Sam the Money Man. And, and you know, this was the, so you can understand it, it's, it's, People are generally, material world means narcissistic. Narcissistic means to see the world through your own desires. So you see what's right in terms of what is best for you. And that, that reflects in religion. And somehow or other, so you see what happens here. So, um, Only the most pious persons recite the names of Pundarikaksha and Govinda at the time of taking bath. So the extensive Vaishnavism was just a cultural thing. Some prayers when people are taking bath, there were some mantras like that. By the influence of Vishnu's illusory energy, people did not know who was a Vaishnava, what was Sankirtan, or what was dancing and crying for Krishna. The entire world was entangled in the mode of ignorance. Loka Deki Dukkha Bhave Simada Vat Madhavapuri Hainanahi Tila Dridda Sambhasa Yadikari. Sri Madhavindrapuri became distressed on seeing the condition of the people. He did not find anyone fit to converse with. So this is the, he was Deke Dukkha Bhave, he was sad 
But Loka Deki, when he saw Loka Deki, when he saw the people, then Dukkha Bhave, he became distressed because Hena Nahi did not find anybody, Sambhasi to talk with, to converse with. Um, I know the Lakshmonis there, that's why you like to come to the Dham. <laughs> you know, there, uh, you know, I actually, I'm living in Gornaga. I'll get to the temple eventually. But when I go once or twice a week to visit Srilinarunjan Swami, it's in a place called Rasamrita Kunj. And it's, it's a 30 minute walk minimum. And somehow or other, I like to walk. It, it's people, when you drive a car, you think it's like hours by walking. It's 30 minutes by walking. And generally I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm in my room and go to someone's house. That's the way I am. But when I walk, it's, it's, it's you know how these people, they, 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 in Bengal, if someone's driving in, in the Mayapur, if someone's driving a motorbike or a bicycle, they don't go past you. If you're a sayasi, they stop and get off the bike and pay the obeisances and then, you know, so when I walk there, it's just so nice. You just, people stop you and say, I heard your class, I read your book. You know, you don't even know the people. And it's just, it was, uh, it's just, it's just nice. And uh, one very nice devotee came to see me today and his wife, um, I forgot his wife's name, Kontia. We talk for two hours on Guru Tattva. It's so nice. So conversing. And, but he didn't find anyone. And he was distressed on seeing the condition of the people. Sanyasira saneva karena shambhasana se apanare matrabale nara. When he tried to speak with a sannyasi, the sannyasi would claim to be Narayan. Because that's the idea. Sannyasis realize he thinks he's God. A dukkha sannyasi shange nakahena katahena. Because of this unhappy situation, he would not speak with sannyasis. He could not find any place where devotional service to Krishna was discussed. So this was his lamentation. He couldn't find any situation. Jnani yoga tapasvi sannyasi kyatiyara. Even those renowned as Ghanis, yogis, ascetics, and sannyasis never spoke about the glories of service to the Lord. <laughs> So there was a guise of spirituality, yogis, jnanis, et cetera, but they, it's just a very, I think we should just think it's a very, very special thing. Whether we're qualified or not qualified, we've come to this path of selfless love. 
that the goal of our process, Dukalayam, uh, I don't know what's, what's that? Susukam kartam avyam, it's joyfully performed. <laughs> and I, I made this point many, many times, whatever process you have, any, <coughs> any other process besides bhakti, the goal, any other process besides bhakti, the pleasure is the goal and not the activity. Karma is not pleasurable. So many rituals, etc. The fruit is what you're going for. And similarly with, with Gan, the mukti is pleasurable, not the austerities, etc. But in the path of, of bhakti, um, what's pleasurable is the activity. And if you're doing something where the, where, the, where the pleasure is not the activity, but the goal, it's no longer bhakti. Bhakti is not done for anything, for yourself. That's the very definition of bhakti. It's not done for anything. It's sincere. It has no personal hoitaki. It's without any cause outside of itself. So, the spiritualists that are mentioned, Gani has a goal, personal goal. Ascetics have a personal goal. And even the best ones, the yogis had a personal goal. But the and the sannyasis, but the bhaktas, nadanam, najanam, the sundarim, kavitamva, jagadisha kame. Mama Janmani, Janmani Ishvari, Bhavata, Bhakti, I don't want anything. I only want devotional service. I don't even want liberation. So he wants those type of people. And even in the association of devotees, those are the people we want <laughs> that have no personal motive. It's such a beautiful thing. Anya bila shita shunyam jnana karma jnabritam anukulyena krishna anu shilanam bhakta uttama. Uttama bhakti. Anya bila without any other consideration. Anukulyena krishna anu shilanam. Our activities are, are to please God, Krishna, and they follow his will in disciplic succession. And that's our faith. Our faith is, is that this is the highest pleasure. This is the best thing. So he couldn't find anyone. All the teachers simply taught dry argument. They did not accept that Krishna has a form. So whatever it is, they didn't have sambandhagyan because they didn't understand the relationship between the soul and God. They thought that the soul was God and they thought the form of Krishna was material. And they thought that they were the enjoyers. So they didn't have real true metaphysical knowledge. 
on seeing, dekite shunite, dekite seeing, shunite hearing, dukkha, dukkha hishre madhavapuri, mani mani chinte vane vase giyakare. On seeing and hearing such things, Madhavendra Puri became unhappy. He considered going to reside in the forest. When I was with Naranjan Swami, I just one day he invited me for lunch. And those Russian bakers, I didn't eat like a sannyasi but I made this statement afterwards. I've lost my caste, but I'm not hungry. <laughs> I made that sacrifice, but, but afterwards I was talking with Narendran Swami and I was saying just how screwy the world is on all levels, inside and out. It's just, just so... <laughs> disappointing relationships, disappointing, everything's disappointing. And then I said, because of that, you know, when you get old, it's easier to like become a little bit more detached because, you know, it's, it's the end game. <laughs> but not in a bad, but I'm saying it's almost a relief. Okay, I get rid of all of this. <laughs> So he was saying that's the danger is the desire for liberation. <laughs> you want peace. <laughs> so I was talking in that way and I'm a very optimistic person. People know me, so it's not like really depressed, but it was kind of some realization. It's just like, it's just crazy. Everything becomes crazy. There's no sense in anything and it seeps into everything. And after a while you say, boy, it'd be a relief not to have to have to do this anymore. And so I said, how do you deal with it? And he just said, well, what his realization is, and I thought it was a nice realization. I just think that all this craziness and all the anger and the insults and the fear and the, you know and all the emotions they're just a reflection of the spiritual world because <laughs> any then he started to quote he was reading something of he was reading something of krishna leela he's reading something of krishna leela or something and you know the coward boys and all the emotions and they get angry with krishna and krishna gets angry with them and they, that all these emotions are there in the spiritual world and i just it's just i understand it's just a reflection of that and um and then he was describing how yeah, well, that was the main realization. But you can see why you, why you want to go to the forest, why you want to just leave it all. <laughs> if you qualify, all the insanity, crazy insanity, external, internal, go to the forest, chuck it all in, 
So even Madhavendra Puri seeing the insanity And a mata mana dukkha bhavite While he was unhappily contemplating in this way by the will of the Supreme Lord, he met Advaita. Now I remember, I think Advaita is revealing the story how he met Madhavendra Puri. So Vishnu Bhakti. Shunya Deke Sakala Samsara Vishnu Bhakti Zero Bhakti He was seeing Sakala Samsara and everybody was in Samsara he says this is Advaita looking at the world he's a devotee Advaita Charya Dukkha Bhavena and he was greatly unhappy to see the world devoid of devotional service to Vishnu. So this was Madhavendra Puri's mood and this was Advaita Charya's mood. Still, by the mercy of Krishna, the lion-like Advaita always preached the devotional service of Krishna with firm determination. So while Madhavendra Puri was feeling this, somehow Advaita Acharya says lion-like, so powerful, he was just preaching this. And there's something attractive about someone who's ready to die for the truth. Someone who's really committed to the truth. And people don't like to hear the truth because the truth doesn't conform to people's desires. And there's a connection between what you believe and what your desires are. And generally, the connection is that if you want to enjoy, there has to be two factors, the sensual egotistical experience. And to fully appreciate that, you have to have a worldview or, or justification of it. Because you don't have a justification of it, then the guilt ruins it. So when someone tells the truth, they're not only attacking a person's conceptions, they're ruining their enjoyment. And therefore people resist that. And therefore you have to be very lion-like. Of course you have to be communicative, et cetera, but you have to be, because it's not always gonna be appreciated. And you're not gonna be appreciated always, especially if you boldly go out into the place where, where it's materialistic. It was so, this was Advaita Acharya. He was the Acharya. This was Prabhupada. I love when Prabhupada's in the garden with those philosophy professors. He said, Krishna is God. Why won't you accept? <laughs> so he constantly 
taught Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. He taught the devotional service was the purport of these two literatures. So the world is not about you. At that time, Madhavindra Mahasaya arrived at the house of Advaita. As soon as Advaita saw the signs of a Vaishnava in Madhavindra Puri, Advaita offered him obeisances. And Madhavindra Puri embraced Advaita and soaked his body with tears of ecstatic love. They both became so absorbed in discussing topics of Krishna consciousness between themselves that they forgot about their bodies. The ecstatic love of Madhavindra Puri is beyond description. He would lose consciousness upon seeing a cloud. As soon as he heard the name of Krishna, he would roar loudly. And in one moment, thousands of transformations of ecstatic love of Krishna would manifest in his body. Advaita Mahasai was, the most, was most pleased to see the manifestation of devotional service to Vishnu and Madhavindra Puri. Advaita then took instructions from him. This is how Madhavindra and Advaita met. Since then, Advaita joyfully celebrated Madhavindra appearance every day. By divine arrangement, that auspicious day arrived and Advaita happily began to make arrangements for the occasion. Sri Gorsunda and his associates all felt great happiness on that auspicious day. There's no end to the arrangements made by Advaita Gosai to celebrate that occasion. And then that's gonna be described. Okay. Jamuna uh, Jaya usually started off, if you're there, by giving us one thing that you appreciate and then others may be inspired. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for a wonderful class. I had many <laughs> things in refer uh, inspiration, but I was really struck by the way you defined what a person of character is, because we say a person has character and character, and you you really put, put it there. The person with character is someone that's committed to uh, some authority higher than their own desires. And I thought that just really made it clear because we talk about wanting character, but what is it? It's being committed to not just your own whims. Right? Yeah, but to principles rather than impulses and opinion, yeah. you know, and yeah, thank you, Jumita Jaya. Hare Krishna. Well. Thank you. Right. Anybody else like to share any reflection? Okay, a few people can say hello. Okay, Krishna Maharaj, do you have question time? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, um, I just want to see if I got your analogy straight when you're talking about the fact that, you know, in order to understand the real meaning of Shastra, right, you have to have faith in and surrender to a guru. And so I think the analogy that you used was of a young girl, right? Let's say, you know, maybe an eight-year-old, right? She can't understand romance because she doesn't have any experience of it. So that young girl is, would be like a, a person who 
does not have faith in or, or has you know surrendered to a guru and therefore Who doesn't have the experience of giving up false ego because they don't accept a truth higher than their own opinions and desires. So therefore they have a hard time seeing that in the Shastra. That's the point. Okay, okay, that's a little clearer. Okay, and then okay. just one last thing, Maharaj. Um, you know, you were saying that, you know, in times long ago, you know, people used to learn from hearing from their teachers because there were there weren't even any books around. So yeah. if today, um, you know, if if I were to say, you know, well, you know, I'm just going to hear from those who have realization of the books, why would that not be enough? Well, it would do well. <laughs> it depends if you accept their authority or not. Otherwise, you'll just filter everything through your own conditioning. Yeah. So, if I mean, I mean, I think obviously it would. You would only be hearing from people who you have faith in. So right. But, th but then that be enough? Because, you know, there's so much stress. I, I don't have a problem reading Prabhupada's books, but there's so much stress on that, you know. So I'm just wondering how to see this in, in, you know, in perspective. Well, see it in the basis of Bhagavatam. Why was the Bhagavatam spoken at the beginning, right? What is it? It's it, 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 Sutta to Rishi. I'm explaining to you because you're a gentle and submissive disciple. That's why he's explaining it to him. Because otherwise, yeah, right? That's how the Bhagavatam begins. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then that's really the principle, you know, to, to hear from a, a, a higher authority. Right, with some that, faith. Yeah. yeah. With some faith. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, Maharaj. Okay. Just thinking, Maharaj, excuse me, I don't have much of a voice. Yeah. Forgive yeah. me. <clears throat> but I was thinking that when we first met Srila Prabhupada, um, there was no Lowy Bazaar and there was no Bihari Lal. And the only books, there was no internet either and no cell phones. And, uh, you know, people don't realize how different the world was then when we met Prabhupada because there were no computers um, and there was no internet. And we only had the books that Prabhupada gave us. So it was, you remind, it was, it reminded me of what you said that before transmission was only verbal you could only hear it from your spiritual master and what we were hearing was only possible to hear from Srila Prabhupada there was no competition really that was worthy of even considering and now it's 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 complicated and it really tests your faith 
to be able to just listen to, you know, and if you listen, if you read Prabhupada's books first, then it become it provides the foundation with which to judge everything else that you read. But otherwise, you have no business, you have no ability, you have no, what is it, frame of reference to, to yeah. make a decision. Right. And also how you're hearing. Mm. You're not just hearing, you're hearing with like this faith, which enables you to assimilate things beyond your limited frame of reference. Right? Because normally if you don't have faith, you say, well, I don't believe that. I don't accept that. I don't believe that. But we accepted and we had faith. And it, it's it's powerful. Because despite our desire not to want pure devotional service, <laughs> we had to hear it. <laughs> I remember um, in Buffalo, one devotee found a copy of Nectar, uh, Updeksha, uh, Nectar of Devotion, uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, written by one of Prabhupada's godbrothers. And he asked Prabhupada if he could read it, if it was bona fide. And Prabhupada said, it's 95% bona fide, but you're not intelligent enough to figure out the other 5%, so don't read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's, uh, um, hmm. Thank you. Okay. Can I just clarify that I, I, my question was in relationship to those who are explaining Prabhupada's books? Yeah, well, yeah. if you have faith in them, it's powerful, of course. That's called Guru Parampara. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj, this is Emala Tarada. Ashanti Shordas. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Sorry, we have no camera, but your class is really wonderful, Maharaj. And uh, we we both actually thought about uh, talking to you about we appreciate, we advance by appreciation. Yeah. Yeah, such a nice point. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Could someone else say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you very much for oh. the class. Hare Nice to see you. Thank you very much. We are looking forward to come and see you, Maharaj. I'm hoping it'll work out. It's pretty good here in India. I mean, it's it's I don't know. They have some kind of herd immunity so far, so that's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye -bye. Anybody? I'd love to see you soon. Okay. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Gumaraj, Toto Gopinath here. Thank you, Shori Radha. And? and? Uh, not today. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Good. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Gamaraj, welcome in the class. Thank you for the class. Nice place you got always. I could see. <laughs> I could feel the presence, the presence of your deities. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Can we really come back? Yeah. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, it's Amala. 
Amelie, you look like you're, you're, you're ready to just chuck in Albany and the whole thing and just retire to Govardhan. I'm ready. My mind is already retired to Govardhan. Just waiting for my body to catch up. I can see it now. I can see it. You're at the end of material life now. I can see it. <laughs> okay. I'll see you soon. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj, Sri Rupa. So nice to see you. Sri Rupa, Haribo. Remember you were here last year at this time, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I saw those nice pictures when you all went to Bhakti Bandav. That's so nice. Good. Yeah, it was such Anybody? a nice time. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Anybody else? Go ahead. And um, we went. We went again in December, and we're going to go again in January. We're trying to make it a monthly thing. I think it's great. When I come back from uh, uh, trying to go to Moscow, I'll only be one week in America before I go almost to a month to Colombia. But I'm going to see if that weekend I can do the thing at Bhakti Bandav. That would be really nice. Good night. I'm so happy you're going there. It's 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 nice to have to look forward to go to a spiritual place with nice devotees and you know. It's great. so enlivening. Thank you, Marish. Good. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for a wonderful class. Henry, great to see you. Great to see Krishna you. Krishna you just dear. I I'm trying to wait for Henry and then. <laughs> okay, great. Nice to see you this year, Haribo. Good. Good. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Haribo, Kinchina. Okay. Kinchina, Haribo. And Someone else there said hello, Hare Krishna. Yes, how do, how do I pronounce your name? <laughs> Shania? No? Okay, great to see you. And I'll, I'll see you in, uh, uh, probably see you in Govardhan, right? Yes, uh, I will be in Vrindavan on the 30th of January. Okay, January 1st. Good. That's so nice. Great. Thank you so much for coming. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, I'm going to head out. We'll see everybody else. Over. Okay. Adibo. Bunchakopa through the second.